0: Uh, That's okay. Hey, I understand. Sometimes it's a big challenge just to, you know, to some, you know, hey, I'm hanging around people I don't know. I understand that. But I really believe today you're in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. So everything's going to be all right. Amen. Everybody say everything's going to be all right. Wow. You know, today is a great day. We're concluding a series that I began the first Sunday of January this year called Coming Together, Finding Where You Fit Within the Family of God. Everyone say coming together. Now, for you that may have not been here through that series, you might be thinking, oh my goodness, he's going to do a conclusion to a series and I've not heard anything about what he said and so I'm going to be completely out of the loop. I promise you that will absolutely not be the case. So I want to encourage you to just to connect with me and just click in gear. And for the next 35, 40, 45 minutes, I want you to connect with what God is saying through this old preacher, because I really believe today is a great day for you. You're not here by accident. And in a moment, I'm gonna just, uh, I'll jump into that. But let me tell you where I'm headed, where we're headed as a church family over the next few weeks. This is the last Sunday of February, and we're moving into the spring months of March and April. Man, I'm excited, I love the spring. How many of you love the spring? Man, March is one of my favorite times of the year. Things are already in bloom. Things are happening. And so it's a great time of the year. And so uh, in March, here at Church on the Rock North, we're going to focus on our families. And I'll be preaching on Sunday morning a series called The Family Fix. Everyone say The Family Fix. Uh, you know, there's a lot about the family unit in America today that needs fixing. But understand something. Uh, uh, in fact, this will be a great series for you to, to get fixed so you can be fixed. And if you look at the definition of the word fix, it has a four-facet kind of aspect, and that's how we're going to be ministering on Sunday. And I promise you something. I promise you that if you will come, and you, every Sunday, these next four Sundays, uh, you'll come... Uh, y- and really listen and apply and follow through. And as Trent said, begin to obey what God says. You'll find God beginning to bless your family in ways that you never dreamed. And things that you thought would never get fixed will begin to get fixed. You see, here's, here's the little angle. If you'll get fixed on him, your family will begin to be fixed. Amen. So that's kind of the angle. And I want to encourage you to come. And then, of course, we've got five Sundays in March. And the last one, which is the 31st, is Easter Sunday. Now, Easter Sunday is is six Sunday, uh, counting today, six Sundays away. But it'll be here uh, before, uh, as we used to say in Northeast Texas on the lake, before a minute can swim a dipper, it'll be here. And so that's a big day to not only be here, but to bring all your family and friends. And you know what, what a, what a thought to just say, you know what? in the month of March, I'm going to get my family fixed. And then on Easter Sunday, uh, we're just going to celebrate the resurrection power of Jesus Christ and see him raise our families to a whole n- different level of new life in Christ. Does that sound good to you? So that's where we're going. And I, and in fact, man, I could tell you what's going to happen in should Jesus Tarry uh, in April, I'm telling you, i, I just throw it out there. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and throw it out because I think I'm settled on it. In in April, our series and our emphasis is going to be called the American idols. Uh, and we're going to, we're going to dethrone some idols in our lives. It's going to be good. Tell somebody with a smile. It's going to be good. In fact, you tell them this spring, tell them this spring, tell somebody this spring, those false gods are coming down in your life. Amen. It's going to be awesome. Hallelujah. And so, man, a lot of, lot of great things happening and I want you to plug in and be involved. And if you're a guest with us today, what a better time to plug in and get involved in the local church than than right now. So that's where we're headed. Now, let's get back to coming together. Our keynote verse uh, was from the Living Bible, and it's a portion of Ephesians 2.19. And it says this. Let's read it together really loud and really proud. Here we go. You are members of God's very own family, and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. I love that. It's really true. It just kind of, it just kind of cuts away, you know, any frills or things you may or may not understand and realize that, Hey, God looks at 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 us and he realizes that we need to be a part of the family. We're members of God's very own family and we belong in God's household with every other Christian. And our big idea, everybody say, what's the big idea? Our big idea for the past now, this will be the eighth week. Here's the big idea that I've been endeavoring to get across to you and to myself as well. And here it is. You are extremely important to God and His family. And God and His family should be extremely important to you. Let's say that together. You are extremely important to God and His family. And God and His family should be extremely important to you. Now, say it personal. Put it, put a I am. And, and let's make it personal. Here we go. I am extremely important to God and his family. And God and his family should be extremely important to me. I want you to embrace that t- today. And re- remember that together is always better. Everyone say together is always better. You know, some through their life have embraced the prodigal principle. That's one principle you don't want to embrace. Did you know you don't have to be with the pigs to be a prodigal? okay understand something God does not want us to embrace the prodigal mindset of say I me myself and I, I'm off into my own world and to do my thing and to and, and and to eat all I can and can the rest God does not want us to embrace the prodigal principle he wants us to embrace the family principle and the, his kingdom principle and realize man I, I'm extremely important to God and his family and God and his family should be extremely important to me and begin to embrace embrace that as a truth, as a, as a bedrock foundational truth in our lives. And so that's what we've been talking about for the last seven weeks. And I want to conclude this, this series with a, with a message called moving from tragedy to triumph, moving from tragedy to triumph. How many of have ever had a tragedy in your life? Come on, let's be honest. Man, tragedies are not, I busted a nail. I mean, come on. Tragedies are not, I had a flat. Uh, those, everybody has those. But, uh, but, but tragedies come in our life and they break our hearts and they, and they do, they do damage to our soul many times. And, and we've got to walk through those tragedies. I want to talk to you today about what I consider one of the greatest tragedies in all the world. And that's the tragedy of a disconnected life. A life that has disconnected from God and from his church fam- from his family. That, my friend, is a tragedy because understand something about you and me. When God created us, he did not create us to be isolated or separated. He created us to be connected to him and his church family. You see, sin came into the world through Adam and Eve. God bless them. Uh, And uh, and if it had been Beverly and Sam, it would have still come through. How many of you know if you'd have been there and and it'd been you instead of Adam and Eve, you'd have still did your part and introduce sin into the world, right? Because we're just natural born sinners and sin came into the world and separated humanity from God. It was never God's intent for us to be separated or disconnected from him. And let me say this, it's never God's intent for us as his family, as, as his children to be separated from his family. I got one. Amen. It's, I'm going to say it again. Hey, hey, you're extremely important to God and his family. God and his family should be extremely important to you. Come on, here we go. It's a tragedy. And so, hey, it, God never intended you to be disconnected from him or his family. In fact, though God is not a man, he in a sense is a family man. In fact, when he looked at Adam, he he created all the world. He looked at Adam and he said, man, this is all great, but it is not good that Adam is not alone. He needs a family. And so he created Eve and began the family, which is a picture of how Christ and the church and uh, we interact. Did you know God's, the family is God's idea? Amen. Not just the, you know, husband and wife, but the family of God. In fact, God gave himself a family name. He is our heavenly father. And so, hey, God is the consummate family man, even though he's not a man. You understand he's God, but he's given himself a family name. And, you know, throughout the scripture, uh, we see this truth. In fact, in Ecclesiastes, it says two are better than one and a threefold cord is not easily broken. God never intended for you to be the lone ranger. In fact, even the lone ranger had... Tonto, uh, some of the younger ones, who is the Lone Ranger? You know, I'm sorry. These are my illustrations. This is from my era. Uh, But hey, God never intended it. In fact, let me show you a passage of Scripture that you're going to see all month long next month. It's Psalm 68, verse 5 and 6. Everyone say Psalm 68 verse five and six. I'm going to read you the whole verse, but here's the part. Here's the part that I want you to see. Here it is. It says this about God. He's a father of the fatherless, a defender of widows is God in his holy habitation. And catch this. God sets the solitary in families. Everyone say God sets the solitary in families. You see, it's God's idea. Family is God's idea. And here's the last part of that verse. He brings out those who are bound into prosperity. And my friend, it's a tragedy for us to miss our connection with God. To resist his fatherly influence in our life and to resist his efforts to put us and set us in his family is tragic indeed. And so today, I trust that you will not resist him. Your father, your heavenly father knows what's best. Here's one for the age old. Uh, Father knows best. He really does. And he wants to set you in a family, not just a biological family, but in the family of God, coming together, finding where you fit within the family of God. That's what we've been talking about. And understand this about the tragedy. It can be compounded in your life. If you choose to disconnect, let me, and let me just throw this out at you. You know, my wife has the joy of hearing this twice or three times before we get here. Uh, and so uh, that's, you know, I, I said this to her something like this. If you begin to disconnect from his family, you've already begun disconnecting from him because he's all about family. And so I I see it a lot, I have to say. In fact, if we knew the figures of people who would confess that they are born-again believers who are not in a viable, visible relationship with their local church, it would astound us. They have bought into the thought that they can stay really good and connected with God, but disconnected from His family. How many of you know that in of itself is absolutely dysfunctional? And so he sets the solitary in families. And so it's so important for us to realize. And and, and this tragedy can be compounded if we choose to disconnect from God or his family. Guess what happens? Those that that are around us and that we influence in, the, in our sphere of influence. Did you know the, the, the statistics are if daddy disconnects from God and the family, the family disconnects from God and his family. I'll never forget as a little boy, my mom was sending me off to Sunday school and I started crying at the door. She said, what's the problem? And I said, well, I just wish you'd come with us sometime. And big tears began to roll down my mama's face and she realized, oh my goodness, what am I doing? And from the mouth of a little child, things began to turn around in our family. And then ultimately, as a teenager, I saw my father connect again with God and his family. And things began to turn around. It's never God's will for us to be disconnected from him or his family. And the tragedy is that if we do, others are liable to follow. Did you know if you have a lukewarm relationship with God and a toast relationship with his church, your kids will probably have no relationship with God and no relationship with his church? all the while God's plan was for them to never be disconnected from him or his family. And so he sets the solitary in families. Look at somebody and say, he sets the solitary in families. And so it's tragic. Now, I want to show you three things about this tragedy that you and I need to understand this morning about the tragedy of disconnecting and what happens when we don't have a viable and visible connection with Christ and his church. Number one, just very simply, we are spiritually lacking. We're spiritually lacking. Now, listen carefully because this, my friend, is so very, very true. And I wish I was smart enough uh, with my biology and understanding how the body works to really give you a bona fide illustration. But catch this. There is a spiritual, even relational or missional component of your life that you will never get by yourself. It only comes through a viable, visible connection and relationship with the body of Christ. There is a spiritual growth component that you will be missing all your life. You will be stunted and dysfunctional without a viable, visible operational relationship with Christ and his family. Did I say it in enough ways for you to understand it? Now, I know right here in this room, some of you do not believe that, but I can tell you, honest to God, I've seen it through history. People who say, well, I'll serve the Lord, but I'm, I'm ditching His family. I've seen families come apart at the seams. Beverly and I can start call them, calling them by name that we've seen over the years of our ministry. They get out of church and their families go haywire and their families, and I tell, I've told people before in my office, I've looked at them and I said, listen, if you do what you think you're going to do if you're going to disconnect from God and disconnect from your spouse let me tell you something your children will grow up one day and they will disconnect from you because how you abuse them through this it's the same way with church and so we're spiritually lacking. There's just some things in life you will never get. First Corinthians 12 talks about where the body of Christ and how each individual member needs each other and we can't do without each other. There's important elements of spiritual growth and maturity that we'll never get without being plugged into the family. My friend years ago, he adopted a little baby from Russia and these little babies from Russia. In fact, I've heard now that Russia has shut down uh, foreign adoptions, but these little little babies in Russia. They're born and they stick them in a crib. They never have the love of a parent. They never have the touch of a mama and a daddy. They don't have really brothers and sisters and they're raised in a little crib and they become totally dysfunctional. And they do not understand the touch of a father and the love of a mother. And they they are just disconnected from reality. And it takes years for loving parents to take them and begin to nurture them because why? There's something they never got because they never had a family. It's the same way from a spiritual standpoint. And so... Hey, just honestly, we're spiritually lacking. In fact, Ephesians chapter 4 says that, says this about the body of Christ and how it grows. Uh, 4 verse 16 and 18, you can read it later, it says, you know what, when we all come together and we fit together and we connect together, there's a supply, there's something you have that you supply, there's something that I have that I supply, and when we begin to come together and connect together, that supply causes the church to begin to grow. But the tragedy is if we choose to disconnect from Christ or just disconnect from his family, we'll be disconnecting from Christ. The tragedy is you'll begin, the, the spiritual lifeline of your life will begin to be cut off and you'll begin to be spiritually stunted and you'll begin to be spiritually lacking and, and, and it will lead you down a road, my friend, that you do not want to go. Number two, the second tragedy is of being without a viable and visible connection with Christ and his family, we're spiritually lost. You've heard that term, being lost. Anybody ever been really lost? I mean, I've been lost in the dark. My goodness gracious, OMG, don't ever want that to happen again. But without without Christ and his church, we're spiritually lost. And you know what the Bible says in Matthew 18, why Jesus came to planet earth to seek and to save that which is lost and without him, if we're disconnected with him, if we've never had a real relationship with him, we're lost and without Christ and Jesus came to seek and to save you. And to put you into his family. He wants to set you in a family. It was not God's plan for you to to be alone. It's not God's plan for you to be disconnected from him. And this morning, I really believe there may be someone here. All your life long, you've been disconnected from him. And disconnected from a real relationship with him. You know, this morning, you can get connected to Christ. Somebody say amen. He can find you in this house this morning. He really can. In fact, he's seeking it. In fact, the Bible says he stands at the door and knocks. And if anyone opens the door and and invites him in, he'll come in and sup with them. And he with them. And relationship will begin to happen. And so I sense the presence of God in this place and the conviction of God in this place. God's drawing us that which is lost. He's drawing. he's seeking us and he wants to save us and began to build a relationship with us. You know, in Luke 15, it's the, it's the, it's the story of the prodigal son. You've heard the story. How many of you remember the story of the prodigal son? He had it made at the house. You know, there's one thing I was not as a young boy, a prodigal son in my house. I just had enough smarts to go, why in the world would I want to leave? I got free rent, free food. Mama does my clothes. It wouldn't make no sense. And finally, when I got, decided to get married, I told my mom and my dad, I said, you know, I know this probably breaks your heart. Your last son leaving the nest. You'll be all alone. And they just kind of, yeah. And I walked out of the room and my, my mom looked at my dad and said, I didn't have the heart to tell him this is the happiest day of my life. <laughs> I think I overstayed my welcome. But understand the prodigal. Listen, you know when the prodigal became a prodigal? It's not in the pig pen. Now you listen to me. He became a prodigal before he le- ever left home. He let his heart begin to wander. And he began to think and he began to ponder, oh, have I got all my inheritance now? And when he left home, he was a wealthy prodigal. And the Bible says he spent it all and he came to himself. Everybody say he came to himself. He found himself, he lost it all, and he's eaten eating, he's eating the leftovers with the pigs who were the unclean of his world and he's eaten the husk, the leftovers that the pigs wouldn't even eat. And he came to himself, and he realized he was lost. He had lost his way. And he said, even my daddy's servants eat better than this. And he came to himself. Now I'm telling you something, it takes it takes a revelation from God to come to yourself. And I pray today, if you're a prodigal, you wouldn't wait till you're in the pig pen to come to yourself and realize, wow, I've begun to let myself wander in the way I think. I began to think that it was all about me and what I could do, me, myself, and I. The prodigal came to himself and he got up and he began to go home. And the glorious thing about his coming home, when his father saw him, you know, his father, you know, his father had been praying for him. His father sitting on the porch. I can see it. I got an old country house in my mind, and father sitting on the on the porch, and and the long road from the from the main road, and he looks and he sees his son coming home, and he's he's just beat up and skinny and frail, and and, and you know, and just beat up by life, and his father. Turns around and tells the servants, kill the fatted calf. That which is lost has now come home. And he put a robe on him and put a ring on his finger. Today, if you're a prodigal, you can come home. So easy. You just gotta come to yourself and realize I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I don't want to go the way of the pig pen. I realize what's going on in my life and how I have, have lost my way. The Bible says Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. So it's a tragedy, my friend, to be disconnected from God and His church and, and, and be spiritually lacking and being spiritually lost. But number two, the reality is, if you're disconnected from Christ, hey, understand, you're spiritually lifeless. The Bible says we're made up of three parts. Listen carefully. You're a body, everybody paint yourself. Your body, your soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions, that's what makes you, you. And your spirit, everyone say my spirit. You're three parts, body, soul, and spirit. And the Bible teaches us very clearly that until Jesus Christ comes into our life and we yield to him by faith, uh, and he becomes, until then, our spirit is dead. But when we give our lives to Christ and we come home, if you will, to Christ and we allow him to be the Lord and the leader of our life, he breathes life into us. Amen. Somebody say amen. In fact, the Bible teaches us that Jesus Christ came to give us what? Life. In Ephesians chapter two, you can read it later. It says, we were all dead. Everyone say dead. We were spiritually dead in our trespasses and sins. But when we gave our lives to Christ, when we trusted him, he lifed us. He breathed like he did into Adam. Remember what he did with Adam? He breathed into Adam and Adam became a living soul. Listen, our spirit, when we give our lives to Christ and we begin to trust him, he breathes life back into us. But it's a tragedy to live your life Long and, and live in your body and live with your mind, will, and emotions and your spirit just stay s- dead and separated from God. God never intended you to be spiritually disconnected from him. That's a tragedy, my friend, to have the opportunity to be lifed by him and experience what he has. And let me just say this as I move, how many want to hear about the triumph of being connected? Okay. That's where we're heading. Let me just say this. Some people have been hurt in life. Relationally hurt. I've met some people, man, you couldn't drag them in church because somebody in church, and all they can do is somebody did me wrong song. You ever heard that? Have you ever sung that song? Somebody did me wrong song. Uh, and, and there's a lot of people that have been hurt. Let me just say, let me give you this truth. Isolation is not insulation. Some people isolate themselves because they want to insulate themselves from, from more hurt and more pain and more sorrow. Let me tell you what Proverbs 18 one says. It says this, he who isolates himself seeks his own desire and he rages against all sound judgment. So it's not good to isolate yourself from Christ or the family of God. It'll just bring you more harm. It, it, hey, it, it, you'll seek your own, and and you'll, in fact, you lose your mind. He who isolates himself seeks his own desire, and he rages against all sound judgment. There is no wisdom or insight in his life. And so, hey, if you're isolating yourself spiritually from from the body of Christ, so you know, man, I put, you know, I make some people, you know, hey, how you doing? Uh, what do you do for, for a living? I'm a pastor. Man, they, they almost stiff on me like that. Oh, Oh, like I got cancer or something or, you know, some dreaded disease because you can tell, oh, some preacher has hurt them somewhere. Listen, you can isolate yourself all you want, but it will not insulate you from hurt. It'll just make it worse. So everybody say amen. So it's a tragedy, but there is a triumph. There is a victory. Let me tell you quickly the victory that we have in Christ and how we can connect to Him. Understand this: uh, the triumph is a connected life. When we get connected to Christ and His family in a viable, visible way, let me tell you something. Number one, we become lifed by God. God lifes us. He breathes life into us. You can read it in Ephesians 2. I trust He said He 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 brings us to life. We were dead, and He raises us up. Uh, and gives us new life. John chapter 3 and John chapter 10. Anybody ever heard John three sixteen? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth on him should not perish. But have everlasting what? Life. There's a spiritual life. You become life by God when you connect with him and connect with his family. You get the life of God. And Jesus said in John 10, 10, he said, the thief comes, that is the devil, to steal, kill, and destroy. But I come that you might have what? Life and have it more abundantly. You see, when you connect to Christ and his church, his family, and you get the whole package. How many of you, when you would... You ever bought something that was, that was sold to you in one way and when you got it, it was not all there? You got home and you saw, you real, You see these little bitty teeny weeny, teeny weeny little print down in the corner. Batteries are not included. <laughs> Listen, how many want the whole package? That's Christ and his church. He said, I came to give you life and give you life more abundantly. He lifes you. When you connect with him and his family, you get life. Number two, you get liberated. I love this one. Everyone say liberated. Ooh, some of you need to shake off those heavy bands and then lift up those holy hands and start feeling what it's like to really be free. Let me, hey, you remember the Psalm sixty-eight verse I gave you a little bit ago in the beginning? He sets the solitary and families. Let me read this to you again in the Good News Bible, Psalm sixty-eight verse five. This is the good news. It's a, it's a not a translation but a paraphrase. It says this: He gives the lonely a home to live in and leads prisoners out into happy freedom. And I love this because understand something. Freedom does not just come because Jesus comes into your life. Thank God for that. Freedom comes when Jesus comes into your life and you give your life to him and he sets you in a family. (gasps) Amen. I gotta read it again. I'm just reading the Bible here. You can argue with me if you want, but it says as he gives the lonely a home to live in and leads prisoners out into happy freedom. Everybody just fake it till you make it. Everybody go, ha, 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 amen. Wow. When you connect with him and his family, there's a new liberty that comes in your life. Oh, but number three, hey, when you connect with him and his family, not only your life and liberated, but you realize you are loved. Oh man, how many of you love to feel loved? Come on now, be honest. How many of you love to feel loved? I love to feel loved. Amen. It's good to be loved in the family. There's nothing like family. Understand what Ephesians 1 and uh, verse 2 says. He he makes us. That's what Christ does. One of the benefits. He makes us accepted among the beloved. He puts us in a family that loves us. And we become accepted you know that there's a whole world of people out there that feel unloved and unaccepted they feel like nobody loves me i'm all alone my hands are cold just wish i had somebody love i felt that way in the family He makes us accepted among the beloved in Ephesians 2, 4. It says, it talks about this great love wherewith he loved us. That's where the love of God is is more truly expressed. And you know what you'll learn as you plug into the family and you get connected to Christ? Because you'll learn, hey, not only do I need this love, but I enjoy giving this love. Just spreading it around. That's the great victory. That's the triumph we have when we get connected to Christ and his family. We get life. We get liberated. We find that we are loved. And I love this. Number four, we realize, hey, we get lifted. Now, the Bible says, David said this in Psalm 40. He said, he brought me up out of a horrible pit. Has anybody ever been in a horrible pit? In fact, hey, uh, I won't ask you to raise your hand. There may be some here right now from a spiritual perspective, from your life, you are feel like you are in a horrible pit. The Bible says he lifts us up. David said he lifted me up out of a horrible pit and he placed my feet upon a rock. He established my goings. You can read this in Psalm 40, I believe. And, and it says he put a new song in my mouth, even praise to my God. Many will see it in fear and trust the Lord. I'm telling you, he lifts us up out of a pit. And Ephesians 2, 6 says this, when we get connected, with him and his family. He takes us and he seats us together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And if you went back to uh, Ephesians 1, it says that Jesus is seated by the right hand of God far above all principality and power and spiritual forces of wickedness. I'm talking about victory over the devil, my friend. I'm talking about victory over the things that used to keep us all hung up. When we get plugged into Christ and we begin to follow him and we get involved in his church family, there's a lifting up out of that mess and he sets us with him in heavenly places far above that junk. (laughs) Some people just love to be down in the basement digging holes. Not me. Where are you? Oh man, brother. I guess I'll be all right under the circumstances. Are you a Christian? Oh yeah, it's tough. What are you doing under the circumstances? I'm looking down on mine because I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places with my friends. We're seated together in heavenly places lifted. There's great victory. You can move, listen. Right now. You better believe me in this one. Right now. You can move out of the tragedy of disconnection and move right into a connection with Christ and He'll life you. He'll liberate you. You'll realize He loves you and He will lift you up and seat you with Christ in heavenly place. That, my friend, is a victory. That's a triumph. right now. Listen. We've got counselors in the house and we'll counsel you if you need to, but I'm telling you, you don't need to be counseled your way to the realization, I'm in a pig pen, I'm in a mess. You just come to yourself, I'm in a mess and I need life, I need liberty, I need love, and I need to be lifted out of this. His name is Jesus. And in a moment, in a moment, he can do all that for you and more. Just like that. How many of you can testify to that? Say amen. How does it happen? Let me give you three ways to get connected. The first one, hey, our Christ connection, it begins at the place of faith. Everyone say faith. It's by faith. Let me just say, that's why some people don't get it. Some people in the pig pen of life, they think, how on earth am I ever going to get out of this? It took me, I, I worked my way for, I've been 20 years, I've worked my way into the pig pen and it's taken me 20 years to get myself in this big mess. How on earth am I ever going to get out? I'll never get out. My life is over as I know it. This is hopeless. It's, it's despair. I have, I have spent this, this lifelong digging a big old hole. And now how on earth can I get out by faith in him? Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, for by grace, that's unmerited favor. That's God's way of saying you can't do it, but I'll do it for you. Everybody say, I can't do it, but he'll do it for me. Come on. Somebody say, I can't do it, but he'll do it for me. Say it. I can't do it, but he'll do it for me. I said, I can't do it, but he'll do it for me. For by grace, you are saved through faith. And that's not even of yourselves. It says in Ephesians, it's a gift of God. Romans 10, 9 and 10, the Roman road. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart, there's faith. That God raised him up from the dead so you could have new life. God raised him from the dead. You shall be what saved. For with the mouth, confession is made to salvation. And with a heart, we become saved. A heart of faith. So, how do you connect with Christ today? You just choose to trust him. Anybody ever, ever let you down? You ever put your trust in anybody and they let you down? Come on, lift it up. Lift it up. Anybody, it seems to be your MO, everybody's letting you down. Oh, yeah. He will never let you down. I promise you, you can trust him. I once was young and now I'm old. Er. And I can tell you today that you can trust him. We get connected to him by faith. We trust what he did for us on the cross. Did you know he was hung up for your hang-ups? That's what Romans says, if you... Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that he died for your sin and he rose again so you could have new life. And did you know I don't have to drag you through your past to get you to Jesus? Jesus doesn't make you crawl on your hands and feet and come and and feel like like toe jam and belly lint and and rub you around. He does not want to rub you around in it any longer. He wants to lift you up out of it, my friend. You just realize, oh, he died for me so I could have new life. Did you know the prodigal didn't have to go through counseling when he got back home? Pardon me. Okay. Daddy just loved him. <laughs> so let's have a party. Daddy didn't say okay. Show me your bank account. Let me rub your nose in a little bit. I told you so. It's not Jesus. He just will love you. want you chair. He just loves you. It's by faith. We get connected by faith. And number two, once we get connected to him, we can connect to his family uh, by fellowship. Everyone say fellowship. Oh, now listen carefully. Fellowship is just some few guys in a ship. Come on now. We've got a ship here. When we get together, in fact, the Bible says the word fellowship, the Greek is koinonia. We come together in a common uh, arena of relationship based upon our commitment to Christ. We were all baptized into the body of Christ by the Spirit of God. And we've talked about the fact that we're connected biologically. We're connected relationally. We're connected spiritually. And we're connected missionally. We're, we're just connected on all sides by, by what Christ has done in through us. And it's important for us to fellowship. And if you see the first century church in Acts chapter 2, it says they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and the breaking of bread and fellowship. You know, I love watching some Christian TV, but listen, I cannot fellowship with those folks. Joel Osteen, listen, he's a great guy. Hey, let me just throw this out. Don't talk bad about him. Or anybody else. In fact, let me just tell you this. I heard this from a preacher the other day and I'm taking it as my mantra. You couldn't pay me hundred thousand dollars to talk bad about any preacher or any ministry. You just can't do it. I don't know where that came from, but I threw it out. You watch it. You know, hey, listen, Joel Osteen can't he can't come to your house and comfort you when you're needy. He can't he he just do what he can on TV. That's why God sets the solitary in family. We need one another. That's why Hebrews uh, 10, I believe it is, forsake not the assembling together as the manner of some is. So much more as you see that day approaching. We need one another. Fellowship. Interacting with one another. The Bible says in Ephesians uh, uh, um, chapter 4 and all different places. In Ephesians chapter 2, we are come together. We were once separated and now we're come together as citizens of the family of God. We're coming together in fellowship. Listen, it's so important to plug in relationally to the family of God. Did you know this morning, I, I love this, these, some of these guys this morning, when you were still drinking your second cup of coffee, they were pumping iron at the, at the workout place. Now, let me just tell you two things that happened that, morning. and I was not, I was not there. <laughs> Nor will I be, should Jesus tarry. Probably. I pump glass, that coffee cup, and I pump, I pump stainless steel. That's about all I pump. You know what happened at the gym this morning? They got their testosterone all pumped up. Yeah, they f- fellowship. They spent time together. They built relationship with one another. And they'll go to war for one another. Because they have a relationship that was born in the house. And finally, number three, we connect to Christ and his church by fellowship, by following Christ, by serving him. In Ephesians 4 and Ephesians 5, it talks about this. Let me just turn there. I've got a minute or two. Let me turn there. I'll show you. I've been kind of quoting and hitting and missing, but let me show you this. Paul the Apostle, if you read Ephesians, by the way, the first three chapters is all about what he did for us, and then Ephesians 4, 5, and 6 are about what we do for him, what he did and what we do, got it? And so we're in 4, verse 31, and all of this is relational and and relates to the church. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. That's verse 31 of chapter 4. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. In other words, follow his example. Be a forgiver. Follow him. And look what he says in chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. What's he saying? Follow him. Do what he does. And you'll stay connected. And that connection will become more and more real. Day by day. And your relationship with him and his church will become more and more visible. And more and more viable. Filling out a card does not connect you to the family of God. It's what you do after you fill out the card. How you begin to interact with Christ and His church. Really the choice is ours. Because He's already done everything that He needs to do. We can live a tragic, disconnected life. Or right now. We can choose to live a life of victory in connection with him and his church family. It's our choice. Let's bow our heads before the Lord. Father, today I thank you for what you've done for us. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're working in our midst. I thank you today that you're set in the solitary in families. And Lord, if the prodigal principle is at work here in this house on any level, I pray even before a step away takes place, there would be a revelation and a revealing and a coming to ourselves. a realization that together is always better. With every head bowed and every eye closed, let me as lovingly and as caringly as I can ask you this question. Are you really connected to Him? Or do you just know about Him? Do you have a relationship with Christ? Or you just know about Him? Today, you can find Him because He's seeking you. He's seeking to connect you with Him. All you have to do is trust Him. And right now in this hallowed moment, if you're here today and you can say to me, Pastor Sam, I have to be honest. I feel disconnected as I sit in my seat I know I'm separated from God if that's you today and something on the inside of you has realized that you are away from him you want to find him today because he's seeking after you I'm going to ask you to lift your hand wherever you are no one's looking around God bless you dear Anyone else? Just lift your hand and say, I'm separated from Him. And today I'm coming home to Him. Anyone else? Lift your hand. If you're here today and you know you've given your life to Christ and you know that He's your Lord and, or He's your Savior, but you've been away from Him and you've had a little bit of a prodigal problem in your life. And today you realize that that prodigal living has cost you dearly. You can say, Pastor Sam, today, I want to come home to Christ. I know he saved me and he cares for me and he lives in my heart, but I want to come home to him and recommit my life to him. If that's you today, lift your hand wherever you are. Amen. I see that hand. Anyone else? Lift it up. Amen. Let's stand together this morning. I'm going to ask our ministry team leaders to come and stretch out across this room today. This is the most important moment of what we do every Sunday morning. An opportunity to apply and put into practice what we just heard. To follow through You see, I can teach you how to swing a bat and hit a ball. But until you just realize, hey, I've just got to follow through and do it myself. This morning, I'm going to encourage you that lifted your hand in just a moment to follow through. If you need Christ in your heart, it's going to be so simple. When we dis- dismiss in just a moment, instead of you going that way, you can come this way. You can slip around and come to the side. And find one of these. And in fact, let me let's make sure they're all smiling. Let's all smile. See, that we don't, we don't look scared here. All that, you gotta know, smile. They look pretty serious here. They'll pray for you and help you activate your faith to connect with Him. So when we dismiss it, just a moment. Don't go that way. Come this way. These people know how to pray for you. They'll they'll help you. And also today, let me say this. If you're here today and you're disconnected from church, listen, you're disconnecting from Christ if you're disconnected from church. And could I say to you as the pastor of this church home, I'd love to be able to say, welcome home. Some people pray about where to go to church so long they never go anywhere. They think, well, I'm waiting for an angel and some some trumpets and some... Uh, how about just hearing the voice within the voice? And hear this, this old man under the anointing of the Holy Spirit say, it's time for you to connect with Christ and His family. You're going down a tragic road, my friend. Listen to the voice of the shepherd and just say, I've got to begin to follow through. I can no longer be prodigal in my mindset with Him and His church. And so today if that's you and you need to connect or reconnect to the local church, the family of God, these wonderful ministry team leaders will be here to help you do so. In fact, people seem like every week are connecting with the family of God. Now it's really exciting. This might need to be your week. So let's bow one more time. Let me ask you this. If you're searching for God's place, as far as a church home, I'm going to pray for you today and I need to see your hand. I'm not going to manipulate you. I'm not going to try to fast talk you, but I'm going to pray for you. If you're searching for your place in the family of God, lift your hand. Let me pray for you, wherever you are. God bless you. God bless you. Who else? God bless you. Who else? God bless you. Amen. Father, I pray for these who lifted their hands today. I pray, Lord God, if they believe you are calling them to this house, I pray today they would respond and they would plug in and they would connect to the family of God. I thank you for harvest and increase. I thank you for prodigals coming home. I just call forth the prodigals today from the north, south, east, and west, Lord. I call them into this house, Lord, to be reunited with you and be reunited with their family and be reunited, Lord, with the ministry and the vision of God for their life be reunited with the purpose of God for their life I call them forth and I thank you for it today in Jesus name And everybody said amen I want to tell you something this house is a house that will love you and we'll help you and if you do need counseling we've got counselors if you do need a little help we can help you We can help get your family fixed this next month. We can help you get your family saved this next month. We can help you get moving in the right direction as you get connected to the family. And everybody said amen. Now before we go, I want you to tell five people together is always better. Tell somebody, together is always better. Together is always better. Amen. Let me say this too. If you lifted your hand, come this way. Don't go that way. If you believe God's adding you to the church, come this way. Don't go that way. It'll take three to four minutes. And Ryan just reminded me that our our youth ministry is going to a purity conference this Wednesday night. What time are you meeting at the church? 5.45. Now, this would not be something that you would want your kids to miss. It's a one-night purity conference. Leaving here at 5.45. Be back here by... 845. So all the teenagers, junior high, high school, uh, come be here, get your kids to the purity conference. They're just going down into mid County and connecting with three or four churches, help get our kids on the right track when it comes to their lifestyle and their morals. So, Hey, 545, amen. Everybody love the Lord. Say amen. Amen. One more time. Say together is always better. We're going to count to three and we're going to shout together is always better. And if you need prayer for any reason, even if it wasn't for what I said, come take one of these prayer team by the hand. They'll be happy to help you. We're going to count to three and shout together is always better. One, two, three. Together is always better. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night right here at Church on the Rock North. Amen.